2: Hello everyone, welcome to the Wrestling Inc. podcast, August 23rd for Tuesday, Smackdown Live. We had a big event last night, lots of returns, a few debuts, uh, lots of newsworthy items. I'm Chris Calicut, as always joined by Wrestling Inc. owner and president, Mr. Raj Geary. How are you, sir? Good, man. How are you? I am feeling, uh, I guess, glorious would be the the name of the day. Um, And today we are joined by Sports Illustrated's Justin Barrasso. How are you, sir? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely glad to have you. Let's jump right in, guys. Um, We kicked off SmackDown Live with AJ Styles. A lot of people thought, you know, with uh, Bobby Roode backstage, we might see him kick off the show. But the United States champ comes out and issues a U.S. Open challenge. And, again, thought we might see Bobby Roode there. But uh, none other than Kevin Owens, the saga continues, um, and uh, they had a nice little promo off. Uh, what would you guys think of this opening segment,
3: Raj? To you? Uh, I mean, it was just another uh, you know a- another way to forward the Shane McMahon Kevin Owens uh, feud. I don't know if this is leading to a singles match or Shane leading a team against Kevin Owens' team at Survivor Series, or if they could mm-hmm. keep it going that long. Yeah. Um, but you know, I thought it was interesting because it it the fact that um, Kevin could pick his own referee, definitely opened up a lot of possibilities and, you know, it kept you guessing so so I, I, I liked it.
2: Justin? I agree, I
4: like that kind of uh, comical aspect
3: of, you know, with Bree Zango,
4: I wish they did a little bit more of that, I would have liked a spot from uh, from James Ell- Ell- Ellsworth but, uh, you know, to be the referee but I liked it, I just, my issue with that match at SummerSlam was the same issue I had last night, I feel like the, the focus should be on Styles and Owens Man, that SummerSlam match, it was all Shane McMahon, I felt like. And more the same last night. Baron Corbin was an odd fit as special guest referee. Is he even in that picture for the U.S. championship? I don't know. Uh, I just wish the focus was more on Owens and Styles than Shane McMahon. Yeah. And
3: And now that that's over, Justin, where do you see them going with Styles?
4: That's a great question. You'd you'd imagine they'd go with Baron Corbin, right? That was kind of implied last night, I think. Or it could have just (laughs) been a throwaway. Corbin's so directionless now with no Cena, with no Money in the Bank briefcase. A run with Styles would at least make him look good because everybody looks good with Styles.
3: Yeah, and I think that that's a good call and it would help him immensely, you know, as far as in the ring. Um, like you said, no one looks bad with Styles. So uh, I, I, I agree. I think that that should be the direction.
2: For me, this segment um, was good. I think Styles <laughs> looked almost looked like a confident idiot in a way but he's like yeah give him the give him the referee he wants give him the match that he wants i'm like oh no i hope this doesn't come back to bite him but um you know we we all saw this shane and ko direction going so i think maybe it culminates a hell in a cell between those two and when it comes to corbin i think all this heat that we've been talking about over the past couple weeks and how he's looked on the show yes they've put him down the card a little bit to the u.s title but i think this this is a good spot for him i'd like you said, with, with Styles, pretty much everybody looks good. So this would, might be a little rehab assignment for him.
4: Everything I'm hearing is, you know, Vince, Vince kind of soured him. Hey, because Cena, Cena spoke poorly of him because of his body. The body mm-hmm. thing I find really odd because he hasn't changed his look. He's the same guy that won the Money in the Bank briefcase. I just find it really odd they'd sour so quickly on Corbin. I know we've seen it before, but I feel like that's the whole point of having two titles, the fact that you can give guys like Baron Corbin or Bray Wyatt or different mm-hmm. types of – Kevin Owens, you can you can make different guys champion and run with them. I'm disappointed that it came to a kind of a, a really anticlimactic finish with the briefcase.
2: It was it was something, uh, and, and but like you said, with with Vince sort of changing his minds hourly instead of daily or or monthly, you never know what what could have went on with the Corbin thing. But and it kind of made him look a little silly with the briefcase. But uh, moving on, SmackDown's general manager.
3: Oh, sorry, Raj, go ahead. Uh, justin do you hear anything about it being because of corbin's uh stuff on social media where he was going back and forth with that military vet um if that contributed because that seems like a a small thing to change big plans over
4: and obviously they had big plans for him i haven't i heard it with cena i heard the kiss of death with cena that corbin wasn't ready but i can't get any more right now that's kind of what i'm trying to work on as we speak but i i haven't heard about the social media I mean, he's a heel, right? So we should play one on social media. Right. I don't think that was the issue. But then again, they kind of pick and choose who they defend in those cases, Raj. I don't know. But right yeah. now, I, I don't think that's the reason.
0: Yeah.
2: All righty. Um, backstage with general manager Daniel Bryan um, on his phone, sort of teases that he has a few surprises up his sleeve for tonight. And, of course, he did that we find out later on. Then who I'm now calling the – indian ricardo rodriguez's um the sing brothers who now has to make an entrance for wwe champion gender mahal every time he comes out anywhere which is it's a it's a good shtick i guess but uh daniel gets called xenophobic and brian says that shinsuke nakamura deserves better than what he got with the gen uh, with the sing brother interference the other night so mahal's like oh no not again but daniel makes it for nakamura versus the Singh brothers uh later on and and upon that announcement I'm like this is either going to be kind of cool or it's going to be really bad but uh, uh we'll get to that match in just a moment and owen's backstage looking for his quest for a referee sammy zane of all people he runs into and i thought they did a really nice job with this segment teasing a bit of a heel turn possibility by sammy it would give him a fresh coat of paint uh, and then owen's just had just had to say that one thing to to take sammy away what do you guys think of uh of this segment justin to you first this time
4: i thought that was actually one of the highlights of the show i love the fact that that zane thought about it because there i think they kind of played on real life there. there is a real life friendship and connection owens just donated mm-hmm. to uh zane's uh fundraiser i loved it and then when he threw <laughs> when owens threw in that line that you just mentioned the fact that he hasn't done anything since being on smackdown <laughs> it was a really nice touch i thought that was one of the highlights it's those subtleties and nuances that make kevin <clears throat> great, and that was one of them right there last night raj mentioned to hell in the cell I wonder if they could somehow transition to Zane and Owens. Because that actually felt fresh last night, which it has I and mean, we've seen them so often together. But I thought last night that it actually felt kind of fresh. Maybe you transition to those two for Hell in a Cell. I feel like we've seen too much of Owens and Styles in the past, um, I feel like two weeks, but past two months.
3: Yeah, it, it feels like they've been going forever. Um, I, you know, I, I almost – it would be a fresh coat of paint if you had Owens and Sammy back on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone knows that they're friends in real life, so right. it it would. It, I mean, it would freshen them up. Um, it's you know, it's Owens is kind of uh, not benefiting much from the SmackDown move. You know, he's gone from being the Universal Champion, being at the top of the card, to you know, kind of being an afterthought. So, I'd like to see them do more with them. Um, it looks like Shane is is who he's going to be feuding with for a while, mm-hmm. um, and and you know, it, it doesn't hurt to to feed with the boss's son cuz you know th- that word gets back to Vince uh if if you impress but uh yeah I I like the segment it kind of played off of the fact that they you know there was that uh show in Quebec where they teamed up a, a few weeks ago and mm-hmm. and so it it kind of kept you guessing because of that again so I I liked it and I, I Owens was fantastic with with that line that Justin mentioned <laughs>
2: Wow. Yeah, I, I love wow. that they actually sold some DVDs with this segment. too. you know, Zane, Zane was like, "Yeah, I watched your DVD the other day," and you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "Oh, come on, guys! Just just the little things that you can pick in, and and nobody really picks up on it." That was that was kind of neat too. But next segment, uh, the artiste Aiden English out for a bit of a song, and and we've become song heavy in WWE these days. You have Elias, you have Our Truth, and you have Aiden English, but From one song to possibly one of the best entrances in quite a while, Bobby Roode makes his debut on SmackDown Live. Were you guys happy to see this? Obviously, we all saw it coming. They didn't really try to hide him yesterday. Um, And thanks to our readers for sending a few news tips, his pictures and photos and his Tron being tested in the arena and that fun stuff. But what would you guys think of of Roode's appearance for the first match? Let's start with Raj on this one.
3: Sure. I thought, well, first off, I thought it was kind of odd that it was so early in the show. Um, mm-hmm. I was expecting something more impactful, I guess. Um, and also, I thought it was odd that he was uh, positioned as a babyface. Now, granted, he was going to get a babyface pop anyway. Um, but he seems to miscast in that. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if, if, if fans will, you know, it'll catch on or not. If, if it doesn't um i just see him as a heel and i see him most effective as a heel and i just don't know uh, if this will work um you know in in a month a month down the line once the shine is worn off just completely on board
4: I, I i thought it was short-sighted i like the fact that they put him in there with english but i wish we saw a heel bobby Roode. i just i i don't know I, and i like bobby rude i've liked it since his tna days i think he's very talented i like the beer money runs i just wonder that once you take off the robe once the entrance music stops playing can this guy really be a baby face he's very cut and dry he's built to be a built to be a villain and built to be a heel i just don't see him as a baby face. i think like you mentioned he's gonna get a pop just because of that crowd in, in the barclays but i thought it was really strange that they uh, have positioned him maybe you can turn him depending on who he feuds with and you can see that vicious side of bobby rude but i thought it was a really strange way to to debut him in, in, as a babyface, but again, I guess we'll wait and see. I have a question for you guys, though, regarding the music. Sure. Would you rather have Aiden English or Elias sing Cult of Personality when they go to Chicago?
2: <laughs> be to <laughs> oh my God! That uh, would uh, either one would be fantastic. That's L- a heck L- of an idea.
3: I would say Elias, just because it's clear they have bigger plans for him, and he would get more more heat for that. You know.
1: Oh.
2: That-
3: crowd would be would erupt yeah that would be hilarious that's a great idea yeah.
2: <laughs> that's pretty fantastic but for, for me I was shocked a little bit by the babyface Bobby Roode because his in-ring work to me screams heel he's very methodical inside the ring and, and we talked about this uh, on, a, on a podcast just a few days ago that you know he he works as a heel he's more slowly paced I would like to see how he works as a babyface. If it's just going to be the same entering style, I'm not sure how long that luster lasts, but again, he's an, he's an entrance and he's a personality. So if anybody can maybe pull it off, then Bobby Roode probably can.
3: Do you think he would work as a babyface if he had different entrance music? Like how much of his wow. popularity as a, you know, as a fan favorite is just that song. Right, I mean, is, I is remember that, when people that used to criticize though. I remember people used to criticize Daniel Bryan, you know, saying it was the yes chant. But people genuinely liked Daniel Bryan. They cared uh mm-hmm. when he won or lost matches. With Bobby Rude, I don't get that same feeling, you know, as it, they cheer that 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 entrance and, and then it kind of ends there.
4: And it's odd that you'd have a guy, Bobby Rude's had what else? A two decade career give mm-hmm. or take. It's odd that you take out of his wheelhouse in his biggest moment, and now you're going to change it a bit? It just seems like a bad idea.
2: I will say this, though. He looked absolutely elated to be there and to receive the pop that he got. Um, and, if, and if he can keep that sort of same moniker going, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty confident that the babyface Bobby Roode would work, and then it will set up for a major heel turn, and it will be even better. Um, and, and so I'm looking forward to this run by Bobby. But what I was shocked about last night was how competitive the match actually was. Um, they gave Aiden English a lot. They let English put his finisher on Rude, and obviously Rude kicked out. But um, I-, I thought that was an interesting move to put English in such a competitive match with Rude on his first night out.
3: Yeah, seemed odd. <laughs> I mean, it's like when they did that with Nakamura with when he faced Ziggler, at, you know, at that mm-hmm. pay per view, and just kind of killed his steam a little. Um, just to have this—you have plenty of time on the show. There was so much that they left off that you can do a short match and, and fit something else in. So I I was surprised by that as well. I wonder,
4: I'm probably overthinking this. I wonder if it fits into that land of opportunity theme that SmackDown really presents week after week that anybody could win. It's anybody's possibility. Maybe I'm just being naive and they just wanted to go 50 50 booking, but I, if the idea is anybody can beat anybody on SmackDown, I like it. I just don't know if that was part of the thinking
3: behind that match. Yeah. Who Who do you go with rude for his first feud? Mm-hmm.
2: Hopefully they don't call back to this one because it was a competitive match. Honestly, I thought Orton had such a definitive win over Rusev that they might go Ruse, uh Excuse me, Rude and Orton.
3: Uh, well, Rude's a babyface, so I, I don't. think... Yeah, Rude,
2: now, right. If they if they would have brought him in as a heel, that would have been the easy matchup, I think. But yeah.
4: um, it's funny as a babyface. I would have thought Chad Gable. There's a lot of guys you could think of as a heel. Bobby Rude. Right. Mike Canellis maybe he's, he's needs something. Uh, I don't know. I think that would bring Rude down if they did Mike
3: canellis at this point, you know, right. same as they in English. Um, yeah. You know, if they made a long-term thing. I think it would, it would have to be someone that they had been pushing someone like Arusev or, or Corbin, um, you know, Corbin that, would make sense. yeah. And then that way, you know, you, you can have him beat him, and it, it's, you know, it's speeding a name, but, not uh, uh, you know, how about a point, uh,
2: discount off Ziggler since he was a little um, get-off-my-lawn, old-man type of um, mantra last night?
4: Ziggler would make sense. At this point, Rusev, what's the difference, right? He, I mean, they book they, they <laughs> him so poorly, you yeah. may as well give Rude that rub. But Rude or Ziggler, both work really well.
3: And Ziggler kind of has that first feud to, for a guy on the main roster anyway. He was Corbin's first feud and you know, Nakamura's and, and, and others. So I, I could definitely see that.
2: Absolutely, and um, what I did like about the end of this segment, they did an in-ring promo with Rude um, with Renee Young. I thought that felt a little old school. I thought that was a nice touch because, you know, the Rude character is a little bit old school as well, but um, moving on from a debut to a return, Shelton Benjamin is back with the WWE. We announced this a few weeks ago that he was officially signed after coming off of his injury, and uh, apparently we'll be teaming up with Chad Gable. Uh, So, give me this. Absolutely. Give me all of this. I- I'm excited about this little team. And um, Raj, what do you think about a, the return and, and to the pairing with Gable?
3: I thought it seemed kind of odd. <laughs> you know, honestly, it's like, Oh, you lost a black partner. Well, here's another one. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> uh, I don't know. It just seemed weird. Like why, why would Shelton be teaming with Chad Gable? Like w- what is their connection? Um, so, you know, I, I'm all for Shelton coming back. We've seen many times in the past where Shelton uh, gets a push and it just mm. dissolves. It's just never – nothing's ever happened. And uh, I hope it's different this time, but from everything I've seen with the people that they have brought back, uh, it hasn't. So, you know, I, I know fans are going nuts over Shelton being back, and, and they go nuts over everyone coming back, but it, it fades quick, and I could see this happening uh, but, you know, SmackDown does need more tag teams, and it, I, it was weird how huge Shelton looked next to Chad Gable. It, that, like that yeah.
2: He was a step closer to the camera, too, though, I think, because Daniel Bryan made Gable look huge. I mean, uh, Daniel Bryan looked huge versus Gable.
3: Well, it, it, as a production person, wouldn't you want to switch that? Exactly. <laughs> no, I you know, agree. The Younger star looked bigger. Um, so, anyway, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm all for it. I mean, they need they need more tag teams and stuff. I just thought it was kind of odd the way it was done, like just to just do it in a backstage segment, as opposed to come up with an, an organic story that would explain. Uh, right. you're doing it. Like Chad Gable yeah. just saying, I found a new partner. Boom, it's Shelton or something. Something like
4: that. Or Gable getting beat down by some team, and, and it just seems like such an odd fit. It seems like it doesn't have any legs. It won't last. I, I still think Shelton Benjamin, I would have preferred they go in the land of opportunity. Benjamin could be a world champion. I don't know why they – It just seems like uh, Gable and Gable could be a single star. I don't know why that it seems like a a lazy booking decision that uh, you just throw Shelton back into that tag, into a tag team. Like you said, too, there's no connection. Um, I wish there was, but maybe, and I'd like to think they'll connect the dots with Jason Jordan. I don't know. I I think they'd like a reboot of the whole Jason Jordan mess. So I don't know. (laughs) The whole thing's difficult. You know
3: what it reminded me of is like when Charlotte and, uh, and, and uh, you know the women's revolution when all the women from nxt debuted and stephanie mcmahon is like you guys are on this team and you guys are on this team and you guys are on this team no right. story behind no you know. story yeah and it's not that hard like i said just have chad say i found a partner and i you know or you can do something with the whole Brizango bit um where they you know that mystery attacker or something just anything is as, as opposed to just being assigned a partner
4: and what a strange decision to do like you said Shelton Benjamin, unless they were tone deaf, is going to get a huge pop from that crowd at the Barclays. Why would you do that backstage? Like that's an in in ring moment. I just thought that they missed a big opportunity there.
3: Yeah. So I again love that Shelton's back. I think he's talented as hell. Uh, he, he hasn't lived up to his potential since living leaving WWE. I thought his stuff in New Japan was disappointing, um, but. You know, hopefully he's motivated and and we can see a strong run run from him. But as we've seen with WWE bringing back these legends, the Hardys were a no-brainer. You know, they're in an empty arena match. Um, You just see they don't capitalize on bringing back these legends. It's like they have it in their head that these guys are old and need to put young talent over. And when they have a lot of money to make with
4: these guys. Can we discuss the Hardys for a minute?
3: Yeah,
4: absolutely. That was outrageous on Monday night on Raw. We see the Hardys versus the Shield. That's a pay-per-view quality match. That could even be a big pay-per-view match. That's a huge feud. And that's a throwaway match on Raw where Jeff Hardy gets pinned clean. Oh, I mean, that, that gave me an upset stomach at the end of that match. Like That's such a big moment. Uh, I don't understand how you blow Hardy Shield for the first time ever on a throwaway match on Raw.
3: Yeah. Felt that felt like was. Nice. Yeah, that's the biggest tag match that they have in the whole company. Yes yes yeah. great point yeah and yeah just a, a throwaway match with a clean finish it's one thing if they did it and it it led to a schmoz where it leads to a feud and that that was the beginning of the feud but yeah just to throw it away with a clean finish is my body
4: just i felt like i was watching 1999 or 2000 nitro it, like it was that what am i watching yeah you're right, that is the biggest tag match in the company and right. it, no build up and they just tossed discarded it yes yeah, so, so frustrating yeah, yeah
2: yeah that was that was a big match to give away, but yeah, I get what they were doing. They wanted to reestablish as you know a definitive team being Ambrose and Rollins. But in regards to the Shelton Benjamin thing, if I'm him, right, I'm a veteran, my bump card's filling up. I've been around the world. Do I really want to come back for a huge singles run, or do I want to let my young up and coming partner do all the work for me, and then I come in as a hot tag and do my work um I, I, just from a booking and in ring work standpoint, you know that that's sort of the way I feel about it. And I think they could do the whole taking Gable under his wing type of thing, and the story could build itself. But one thing that they could have done uh, when Gable and Jordan first got together in NXT, Gable was hilarious um, in bugging Jordan to be his partner. Um, I thought they could bring some semblance of that back to maybe Shelton over the next few weeks, and then they become a a team. Yeah,
3: you could have had Shelton come come out for a singles match, big surprise, big pop, and then Mm -hmm. at the end, Chad Gable comes out, asks him, you know, saying he must. It's
2: like the annoying little brother or annoying annoying little fan or something like that, and because that's what he did in NXT. That would have been the perfect story that they could rehash.
3: Yes, a couple people in the comment section think Shelton's turning heel. So, I mean, that would be kind of cool if Shelton turned on Chad Gable and that led to a feud. That would make it kind of worth it. That'd
2: be kind of a fun singles match. I'm not going to lie. Owens and Sammy backstage. Sammy officially turns in his referee shirt, um, turns down the offer of Owens. And next up we have the Hype Bros versus the Usos. Um, Hype Bros came back to not crickets, very loud crickets. Um <laughs> definitely not a huge response for the hype bros. But uh Uso's another big response and, and I thought maybe this wasn't gonna be filler. I thought maybe they would try to reestablish the hype bros here, but uh not so much. Uh Uso's is a pretty pretty clean win here.
3: Yeah, I think it's clear once you're at the lower level on the tag team stage, it's hard to get back up. You yeah. know, they 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 have it in their minds that that's where you're set and so, yeah, there's, there's, I thought they were going to do something at the end of this match to either establish new contenders for the Usos or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost felt like there might be a call-up or, or or something there. But, it, yeah, it was just kind of, you know, a, a good one for the Usos, who I think have been on fire. And
4: I think I'd be very concerned if I was watching that match as Gable and jo- and, and Benjamin, if there's no plan for, for a split. Like, to me, that's their future. They're probably going to be in that match putting over putting over the chance like the Usos or New Day or whomever that is. Um that was my concern that mentioned. but Yeah, I, I think you're right. Like, I, I was thrilled that the Usos won the titles back at SummerSlam. They've been great. They've showed a lot of personality. Kind of against the odds. I mean, they, they were so different as, as baby faces. So, yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah they completely. They've looked great.
3: <laughs> and, and, and with that, the thing that's great about the Usos, I think, is that they, they still seem themselves. Like, that, it's, you, you, they don't seem like they're playing a character. Like they come across as that's how they are. And that's them turned up to eleven, essentially. Yeah. they Turned to fifty. I mean, they. Well, yeah. When they're giving the mic and can go, they, you know, I mean, they're on fire. So, uh, uh, you know, with the new day, um, I love their feud with the new day. They had awesome matches. I thought they had some of the more entertaining segments, like the rap battle. Uh, but they need new tag teams, and they need to WWE needs to figure out ways with the women too, to have more than one feud. Like if you're not in the title feud, to have another feud, so people aren't just sitting around waiting, you know, because there's no need, there's no reason why you can't have more than one tag team feud on on a show. Right.
4: And an interesting point there too is I know that the Shield has history, which makes it more meaningful. We talked about Owens and Zayn. Like if you there's no when you have two single stars who don't have any program going, like you may as well bring them back to have them tag together build up that division like owens and zane would be really fun in the tag division even if they weren't sure if they could trust one another it would give the usos someone to work with the new day someone to work with and then you can always bring them back it wouldn't kill them to, to when you break the team yeah i wish they had a little bit more spice in the tag team division i think you have to bring in single stars like they did with the shield on raw but i don't know if they'll go that direction on smackdown
3: yeah the shield is a great great example because the you know seth and dean were both kind of treading water they weren't doing much and, and now they're they're hot again you know and I mean, they, their match at Summerslam turned that show around. That show was kind of dying mm-hmm. up until, up until
4: that point. Old tag team matches
3: were great, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, meant, yeah. yeah. yeah it, it like went up with New Day and the Usos, then was dying, and then you know the show brought <laughs> that
4: field.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, with this post match promo, I kind of thought maybe Authors of Pain would have been called up for the Usos. I mean, that would have been a heel versus heel matchup. But then you have these two behemoth destruction type of guys on versus the Usos. That would at least been a slightly different feel, but uh, nobody came out after the, the Usos promo. Um, after the show, Ryder did sort of tease a little tension on Twitter, even though they didn't play that out on television. So we'll see the direction of the hype bros as we move along. Um, let's see. Nakamura showing, shown walking backstage, and his match is up next. And it was a full handicap match, two on one. Shinsuke and Nakamura versus the Singh brothers. This was um, probably exactly what it should have been—like five to six minutes of Nakamura showing his personality, getting his strikes in, and the Singh brothers selling like a million bucks. Uh, Justin, what do you think?
4: Yeah, I agree. Um, Part of me wanted—I like the Singh brothers so much. Part of me wanted to see them show a little more, but I don't think you could there just because that was Nakamura's moment. You're putting him (coughs) over in that main event uh, spot. Um, Yeah, I agree. They sell fantastically well. Uh, They got the. I thought it was odd they put uh, Nakamura over at the end over over Jinder. Uh, I, I would have had Jinder go over there, build up the idea that Nakamura can't beat him when it's three on one. But, yeah, I mean, I, I thought the whole segment, it was, but it wasn't anything spectacular. It wasn't terrible, but it got across what they needed to get across.
3: Yeah, and Justin, I, I, I disagree with you a little there because I thought it, it did show that. Like, it showed that uh, with Jinder's guys down, then Nakamura can take him out. You know, like, a, because he didn't have the guys with him. Um, Is that, I wonder
4: where they're going with this, though. I still wonder if – that's the thing, too. I, that was such a bad match at SummerSlam. Like, just the, the personalities, they, they didn't, the chemistry wasn't there. I wonder where they go next. Um, and wouldn't the logical thing – it's pro wrestling, why are we playing logic? But wouldn't the logical <laughs> thing just be to ban the, the Singh Brothers from ringside? I, I, I don't know. I mean, when you have, that's why babyface uh, commissioners or are, are GMs are such a tough, tough gig. but. Right. um
3: I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if Hell in a Cell was a SmackDown pay-per-view, that would make all the sense in the world. you do the Hell in a Cell match. But then, you know, as we saw with the Punjabi prison, they're still able gonna to get, get in. in. Even um, Owens Jericho last year. Uh,
4: Jericho got yeah. into that match. Right.
3: And, the, yeah. and, and a shark cage doesn't work, as we've seen with Enzo. Right. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they've got to do something where – the problem is they just do that same finish over and over, and it's just I think that helped kill the match. It, it was pretty bad up until that point and then that just killed it. And just the only thing I'll say to that though, if they do that same finish, that same time, it's already tired and
4: it's August. if they do that that same finish over and over again till mania, I think it'd be so dreaded and awful. Like, it'd be so bad, it's good. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if, <laughs> yeah. if that's the plan. I'm okay with that. If they last this thing till April of next year, had the Stings help win every match, it'd be so bad that I could get behind it. But um, that can't be the plan,
2: can it? I don't no, know. No, there, there's, there's, there's got to be a short <laughs> yeah.
1: They've
2: got to take it off of them before then. But, but uh, I think,
3: uh, you know, the fact that they do keep doing that, and you, you now almost expect it. So when they finally – it backfires or something, that will be a huge pop, you know, that will be big. But is it is Nakamura going to ultimately end up the, winning the WWE title, you guys think, with this uh, this feud, or is it just not his time right now?
2: I think he gets it on his next try. Um, I, I think there's figuring out that the the Mahal thing is running out of legs a little bit. I think Nakamura, the, if you're going to strike, I think the time's now. It has to be before he loses any more luster himself.
4: I completely agree, but I don't think they're going to go – that. I, I agree Nakamura should be champion. I just think they're going to wait. Like, they've got an odd history of waiting in that company. I, I don't think he gets it. I think they stick with Jinder. I'm sticking with the idea he keeps the belt till Mania, which seems crazy, but um, but I'd love to see Nakamura as champion. I think, like you said, that's the key point. Like, you want to do it now while he's hot. Why wait? But I feel like they're going to wait with uh, with Nakamura. And I don't know. I hope Jinder picks up some more scenes. I really like him as champ. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I just
3: wish he would uh... – He needs to work with better guys, uh, you know, on the road and and get more experience in longer matches. And this is something me me and Matt Morgan argue about this every Monday (laughs) because Matt's a big gender fan and I like gender. I think he's improved a lot. I think he looks the part and he looks, I mean, he's made the changes with the beard, the hair, that he looks way more like a main eventer than he did years ago. Right. But um, he went from being jobbed out in three minute squash matches to, you know, having to have 15 minute main event matches. And that's a big shift and um, not having that experience being just thrown into it you know it's it's kind of not fair so um it would be good to see him on the road get you know working with uh, better guys like sam and zane and where he could get more experience working these longer matches but that's
4: why i don't understand why you had john cena there and you chose not to pair, like Cena's the right guy to, to put him on the road with even for a couple weeks you think that'd be beneficial i don't understand why they didn't like to Jinder's benefit pair him with Cena even for a short period of time. Right. No, I
3: thought so too. I thought that's where they were going, you know, when they first uh, announced the Cena-Nakamura match.
2: But a quick little tidbit for me, on this SmackDown match, I liked and I agree with Raj in in this situation that they didn't go 50-50 booking, they didn't have Nakamura win the match, and then Mahal gets his heat right back. He got a little bit back, and then Nakamura flattened everybody, so Nakamura stood tall after the win, which I thought was a nice little change of pace from what WWE normally does. Um, moving on, Kevin Owens.
3: Real, real quick, real quick. Yep. So they're going to be going basically. Uh, the next pay per view is not until October for SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a long time to keep this program going. So we'll we'll have to see. You know, with you know, we'll have to see because TLC is at the end of October. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm guessing that's their that's their plan. It's October 22nd. So we got two full months before the next SmackDown pay per view. That's eternity. For, yeah, For WWE, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, Kevin Owen backstage walking with his referee shirt in hand. Um, Tyler Breeze, Fandango, almost shoot him. It was a close call, guys. Very close call. Um, but they kind of stood up to be the referee. Kevin said no, uh, mostly because they were wearing pineapple rompers. Um, quick little fashion statement by Breezango there. But it was good that they made the show because, I guess, apparently their show's not coming back on until – next week according to the graphic the week before so um nice little comedic segment these guys work well together
3: um yeah, th- uh, yeah i mean Brizengo i i'd like to see them do more with them on screen you know like mm-hmm. i mean in the ring uh the, the the backstage segments are cute and everything but um they're gonna run its course you do it every week so i feel they're on the fine line of. I think they're great,
4: but they're in the fine line of like they could become the Bushwhackers or they could become something a lot more. It's, it's what they do in the ring, uh, because you're right. It's such a short shelf life for 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 funny backstage interviews when you don't back it up in the ring. And those guys can work. I don't know. I I hope I really hope that they are allowed to show what they can do in the ring. A tag team title run, even briefly, would really benefit them. It would go a long way.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would definitely legitimize what they've been doing because they've been consistently one of the more entertaining acts on the show. Uh, and like I said, I was just, since they weren't necessarily advertised, glad to see that they made the card, even if it was for a 30 second, you know, comedic interview, but, the new, um, day,
4: the new day return actually kind of was bad timing for them because they were really positioned to take those titles until the new day came back.
3: Yeah.
2: Very true. Very true. Um, after oh, guys, real, quick, real
3: quick, a, a couple of people are reminding me that, a correction, the hell in the cell is actually a SmackDown pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. So it's TLC. That's raw. So Hell in the Cell is on it's like the, October
2: eighth. Okay. So six so, weeks. so yeah, I
3: guess that does make sense to have gender and 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 uh, Nakamura with, and that keeps the Singh brothers out theoretically. Until yeah. they get it. Right. Right. Until they get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: but right after they get rid of Brizongo, Corbin comes in, and again, I thought this was out of left field, but uh, Corbin says. Uh, if Owens gets the title back, he wants first shot and um, kind of agrees. We don't know how shady that deal would have been, but uh, he gets the referee shirt. Corbin's your special guest referee for later in the evening. Next up, we had Becky Lynch and Naomi versus Natalia and Carmella. I loved this um, Carmella James Ellsworth pre-match promo. I didn't care much for Natty's just because – it's a lot of the same. She's never been that great on the mic. She's always been a workhorse in the ring. But uh, I love the the Carmella Ellsworth reaction. You know, pretty much Ellsworth's like, here's what we're doing. And Carmella's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. But uh, I thought that was neat. Uh, Justin, what did you think of this, uh, just your opening segment before the match here? I do think it's
4: funny, though, and we, they don't use the term women's revolution much anymore, but it's really all, you know about the women performing in the ring and, and how they're able to shine on their own. And really, we see the, the guy shining the biggest light right now on the women's division is James Ellsworth. I think he's great in that role. He's my favorite heater since China. Uh, I thought last night was some of his best work. He's perfect in that role. I mean, I'm sure Carmella dumps him at some point, but uh, not for a while. But, man, was he good last night. I agree. The Natty thing, she kind of is what she is by now. There's so much potential for Carmella, particularly with Ellsworth at her side. I can't wait for that cash-in. I can't wait for that celebration. I can't wait for that title run. So they're doing a good job with that for sure.
3: Yeah. I, I wish they'd make Carmella look a little more like she does belong in there, though. Like they make her look really weak in these matches. Um, but I thought it was good. I mean, I think they're entertaining. I, 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 I enjoy every time they're out there. Natalia, you know, to your point with their promos, the problem is I think everyone just feels like she's a really nice person that's trying to act like a, a heel. And yeah, that's true. She's a little miscast as a, as a heel. But um, because there there's a great story there that she's been there for the company for that long and, and winning the title back, and I think that's something fans could get behind. But they're, uh, you know, so uh, set in that Natalia's a heel and has to be a heel that uh, that you go with a way that doesn't you know doesn't quite gel. But um, could talk
4: about her husband. She's got a great story, but there, there a lot of things they're sh- you know shying away from. But even you mentioned the booking in the match with Carmella, like the finish of that match. Mm-hmm. The fact that she would focus, there's two women behind her and she'd be oblivious to it. Yeah, I didn't like the booking there. I'm sure it's a throwaway. They didn't care. But I think for those of us who are you know, interested in the, the actual breakdown of the match, it didn't, didn't benefit her. But I think she'll recover pretty quickly. They'll just move on from it.
2: Yeah, yeah. The match itself, I thought, was more than fine. I liked <laughs> little the, the mini callback between Becky and uh, Natalia from the week before. They had a nice little one-on-one interaction, mostly during the commercial break. But if you pay attention to those kind of things, they had a nice little interaction. Um, Naomi, Becky, pick up the win here. Pretty much like uh, Justin said, Carmella got distracted by James and and Natalia. So easy win, not necessarily easy, but a win for the faces, no cash in. Now that they did not do it at SummerSlam, because honestly I, I thought since they took Corbin's opportunity away, I thought SummerSlam was the time to do it. So how long do you think Carmella waits now? Uh, Justin? I can't wait
4: till it happens next Tuesday, but I'm going to say the opposite. I think that they love having one briefcase around. So I think that'll last. I'm going to say through the winter, like through Thanksgiving. I wonder if it can last till the Rumble. I don't know if they can, they can tell that story that long, but they love to draw out the briefcase story, which is why I was shocked that, that Corbin just went away with, with no story. I'm going to say it lasts
3: till, till 2018 at least. Yeah, I can, you know, because it's one year, right? It's not that it expires at Mania. It's one year. So, I mean, they could do it the night after Mania, you know, or or something like that. So uh, they got a lot of time to work with it. No need to rush it, rush it and, and do it right away. But the Corbin thing, it's clear that, you know, he's got heat on him. But if he didn't have heat, I actually like when they do um, where they, the cash-in doesn't automatically result in them winning the title because it keeps mm-hmm. it more... Uh, more questionable like it, will it happen or not now in the case of someone like Corbin then you should have him go on to beat Cena at the pay-per-view so he, he right. keeps his you know he keeps some steam um, and you know with Carmella uh, who knows if she cashes in and, and wins a title or it's another one a, a failed cash in but I, I, I like the fact that they do the failed cash ins now because it, it adds a little more unpredictability
4: just that moment I love that moment when Corbin came down to the ring with the briefcase Kyoto rang the bell I, I was waiting for them to somehow get themselves out of it because there was no, I mean, it was just, it was too sudden. It was too quick. Um, but I, I agree, like the, the briefcase make, makes Carmela relevant and it would have made, continue to make Corbin relevant. Yeah, it's too bad that um, I don't mind him losing, like you said. It's just the fact that they, then he loses to the scene of the next night. Now he's in direction, no steam. Right. But uh, I, I did find that really strange.
3: Yeah.
2: All right. Up next, uh, a bit of a return. Dolph Ziggler back on SmackDown after several weeks, almost I guess months at this point, off of television. Um, He runs down pretty much every single gimmick in the book that WWE has on the roster right now. He says, I know what it takes to be a star. I could sing, dance, uh, play guitar, stuff like that. But um, I wonder if him being, you know, throwing shade at creative is now his new gimmick. If so, I love it. Uh, I, I think it's... Nicely nuanced there, but uh, if he's just going to be the grumpy old man that comes back to put over some baby faces, then, then which is probably what's going to happen. But uh, what, what do you see in Dolph Ziggler's futures now that he's sort of moving down the card a little bit and moving up in age?
3: Uh, the, the die has been cast on Ziggler for a long time. Yeah. You know, they they haven't pegged at a certain. You know, it's crazy to think he was in the WWF WWE. Sorry. <laughs> um, WWE championship match at last year's SummerSlam. Um, but, you know, that was clearly just a, a throwaway match so they could do the real match at the next pay-per-view because SummerSlam was already stacked. Um, but, yeah, Ziggler, I mean, he's done that promo so many times where he's uh, frustrated with creative or, you know, needs to get back on track. Um, hopefully he does get repackaged a little, you know, changes it up. But, you know, he, he turned heel. That did absolutely... Absolutely nothing for him. He was like to mm-hmm. Callisto the next week. Um, so, yeah, I just don't I don't see much from it. Um, you know, Randy Orton needs someone to feud with, so maybe maybe they throw Ziggler at him for a little bit. But um, yeah, I just don't see much coming out of this.
4: He reminds me of like a, a bizarro world blonde pretty boy Bray Wyatt. Good good. Old life, <laughs> dude's going nowhere. Like, and I love Ziggler. It's just too bad. I still debate, and it probably wouldn't have worked. <laughs> But, like, what if you'd went with the Miz Taraj, guys, established guys like Zack Ryder and the Miz? Maybe they could have gone a different direction with that, where I don't know. They would, I think they'd be great, those three together. Um, you'd probably have, uh, would you need to have the Miz in charge? Uh, even the Miz and Ziggler, I think, would be a fun, cocky tag team. Yeah. yeah. Like, that'd be different. The Miz definitely, even though he's Intercontinental Champion, couldn't get on the SummerSlam card in a singles match, definitely needs something. Like, that'd be a fun. And are we really going back to Miz and Cena? Oh, um, but I hope that uh, like I I would love to see Ziggler and and Miz together, working together, just because they they have such chemistry. And man, Ziggler has no direction for a guy that talented. I feel like he could, if he was in New Japan, could contend for their title. But I I know WWE is looking for some different things in terms of their entertainment scope. It's not just pro wrestling.
3: Yeah, I mean, Ziggler and Miz on the same side would be something new and different. Yeah, Yeah. And, you know, because the problem, I said this from the beginning when they paired Miz with Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, is unless you start posing Axel and Bo Dallas as a threat on their own, like getting some wins as a tag team, right. they're just going to be looked at as jobbers the whole time. It's just Miz and a couple of jobbers. And what you said, yeah, I think that would have been a good idea. If they did, you know, have Ziggler move to Raw and, and, and do something with them, I think that would have been a great idea. And, and giving them, give them both a spark because they're they're creative guys and they could have probably mm-hmm. come up with some fun stuff. Raj, if you're gonna put Bro Dallas in a in a
4: stable, why wouldn't you just make him? You know, you have a cult leader without a cult, and Bray Wyatt. I don't see why Bray and Bo Bray needs some help too. They'd be really good to get yeah, – I read someplace it was funny. At SummerSlam, it was a it was a cult leader without a cult versus a club leader without a club. <laughs> hey, but yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. A lot, <laughs> lot of more questions than answers. Right.
2: All righty, up next, Lana backstage with Tamina. She's talking on the phone before Tamina sort of gets there, says she will see someone next week. Uh, So not sure how much we'll even need to read into that, but she now becomes this little motivational speaker to Tamina, pretty much making her um, her new Rusev, more or less, I would suppose, Um, and pretty much says that the ravishing reign of terror shall begin soon. Tamina apparently goes with the gimmick, looks intense, ready to go. So I believe she'll be in the ring next week. Any, do you see anything coming out of this at all? I mean, I, I'm liking that there's a secondary women's storyline here. But uh, what do you see coming of this um, situation,
3: Raj? Uh, not much, <laughs> honestly. Uh, <laughs> what, what do you think, Justin?
4: I thought they buried Tamina the second they brought her back. It was a SmackDown. Shane McMahon built to a big Hall of Famer's daughter, uh, second-generation star, and we all knew it was Charlotte. And they brought Tamina out as a joke. And (laughs) you're making this monster into a joke. I thought thought they lost her with the crowd there. She doesn't have a lot of personality. Uh, You know, I guess she can be a heater. Maybe she could. I mean, she worked well with, what, Santino a bunch of years ago. But, yeah, I mean, I like the fact they're trying different angles with different women on SmackDown better than they do on Raw, but I- I'm with Raj on this one. There's there's nowhere to go from with this. I mean, and then Lana will be back with, I assume, Rusev, and Tamina's off camera. It's a, it's a tough tough one, but uh, I don't see any, any direction, any future behind it.
2: Yeah, I thought they were going to where, you know, Tamina would eventually turn on Lana and make Lana the sympathetic baby face, and that still may happen um, it, if plans it's just, go
3: awry. But it's, it's just such a waste when you got Rusev there that is so exactly. much better with Lana. Yeah, mm-hmm. And that's such a natural pairing, and they work well. You know, they're married, but uh, they they add so much to each other's character, and it's just going to waste. You know, unlike
4: the unlike the Shelton Benjamin backstage segment which we discussed, why is that backstage? Like, it, they're smart to put these ones backstage because mm-hmm. I feel like Barclays would have ate that up and spit that out. Had that had that occurred in the ring,
2: yeah, uh, they would have just found the beach ball to play with. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. hey, see, uh, see them, like.
4: All right I, I still can't get over the fact that Cena applauded their use of having fun
2: with the beach ball but I don't that, know and, well and also WWE tweeted about the beach ball and they gave it dedicated camera time during a match which I thought all of the above were huge mistakes now you're going to have people sneaking in beach balls every week and I get you know people pay their money they want to do what they want to do and they're you know disenfranchising the the product by doing that but the matches that they've been doing it, doing it this weekend, to me, weren't the matches that deserved it. Um, right. I and mean, you had some good matches. That some nonsense was going on,
4: starting with Shield and uh the Shield versus Cesaro and Sheamus. Like mm-hmm. I know they have got camera time there because Cesaro went in the crowd, ripped it up. It should have began and ended right there. It didn't need to exactly. be. Beyond- <laughs> you didn't need Cena to put it over, which is beyond That's Oh,
3: mm-hmm. insane! Yeah, you would think Cena of all people would know better than that with his decades you know, plus of experiences with the crowd and uh and, and to endorse it is just like, mind to pander to them yeah, it just seems really strange yeah i i was saying this on monday i almost feel like senior that cena has one foot out the door and it wants to look as good as possible and, doesn't care yeah yeah you
4: know. and i think the beach ball i feel like that's something you see at a high school graduation so maybe yeah. it all fits and, yeah uh,
2: Yep. Um, Almost made event time, but um, on the way to the ring, Corbin confronts AJ Styles, basically looking to cut a deal, says Owens, you know, he he could get the first shot of Owens one. He offers the same deal to AJ. Um, AJ said, well, if I win, I'm going to bring back the U.S. Open Challenge so you can get shot next week. Um, And that leads us right to the match. Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles for the U.S. title with Corbin as your referee. And guys, I really do miss the color-changing spotlights entrance. I don't like this new Baron Corbin entrance.
3: Yeah, yeah, it, uh, it, yeah. I, I don't know if it's just going to take some getting used to, or yeah. Um, but you know, that that was all part of the plan to make Baron Corbin more of a main event guy. Was to change his music up and and make some changes to his character. So, I mean, we're seeing them still do that, even though yeah. um, he's clearly derailed a little bit from you know, going to the top. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Did, I, I thought Corbin made the most of a tough
4: situation. How do you get yourself over? It's really not your job as the referee. You're supposed to be a subtle, you're important, but you're a subtle part of that match. I thought he did his best as he could in that match. I thought it was interesting uh, when uh, he was going to throw the shirt in Shane's face. I don't know if you guys are basketball fans, but Robin already did that to Danny Ainge years ago, but you could tell Shane didn't want the, the cameo of the ref shirt in his face. He made sure to grab it before, but uh, I thought Corbin, all things considering, I just – you want, like, will that lead next week to a Styles-Corbin feud, which if so great, or you can build to it. If not, what are we doing?
2: Yeah, that seems to be the natural direction. And, you know, refereeing is is said to be one of the toughest gigs in wrestling. And I thought Corbin did a really nice job just of doing the actual uh, mechanics and everything like that because I didn't notice that he – if he had an earpiece in. I don't think he did, um, whereas Shane did during SummerSlam. So if he went out there without an earpiece, not really getting directions from the back, I thought he did a really nice job just as the special zebra. The match itself was not one to write home about. I thought this was one of their weaker one-on-one matches, but, of course, you had all the, the drama on the side. Shane ends up coming out. Does not like the way that Corbin is refereeing the match because uh, he missed a couple of little spots there, very similar to what Shane did at SummerSlam. Kevin Owens hits a low blow unbeknownst to Baron, and then uh, Baron goes for the one, two, three. Shane pulls him off of the cover, and that's when he gives up his stripes to Shane McMahon. And then uh, it was a phenomenal forearm and a victory shortly thereafter. Styles retains. Uh, just overall thoughts on this match, Rosh.
3: I thought it was fun. It kept you guessing. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it was all just to, to build, you know, Shane and, and Kevin Owens forward. Uh, and it's in the main event of the show. Uh, you know, I, I think that's always been a problem with the McMahons is when they're involved. That's the top angle. And, um, you know, and, and the gender stuff was earlier in the show. I mean, that really should have been the main event. I mean, make the world title be the main thing. And that feud should be the the top, you know. So I I was fine with the match, fine with how they did it. But I don't like um, the the placement of it, I guess.
4: I agree. Should should have flipped with the the Jinder Nakamura Singh brothers. The thing I did like about it is, and Owens is is so good at his role, but he hasn't, obviously, like, he had his foot on the rope styles on Sunday. And last night, there was definitely a low blow. But storyline-wise, Owens has just enough to make a point. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem like a cartoon character. Uh, in fact, he's almost sympathetic at times. Kevin Owens is so good at his job, uh, so good at his craft, that you want to believe Owens. You want to get behind him. But I agree. It reminded me of, um, man, how many Summer Slams, summer slams ago was it? Uh, the bella Step McMahon match. Oh, yeah. And, that, yeah. and that that closed out a Raw. It's like, oh, that's a really strange placement. And I felt like that watching SmackDown last night, that just because, like you said, it was McMahon involved, It shouldn't supersede it wouldn't have superseded brock on raw it shouldn't have superseded jinder and nakamura and i think that's part of the problem too why do we care about jinder and nakamura when it's kind of just oddly placed in the middle of the show that should be your your focal point that should be your the integral component of that show is jinder and nakamura so i think that's part of the problem with the with the lack of chemistry there like they got to put the right attention on it too.
2: It's an odd fit on SmackDown because it is two hours. Um, You see on a three-hour Raw, sometimes they'll put their de facto main event at the top of the 10 o'clock hour and not the 11 o'clock hour now. Um, But with with SmackDown only being two hours, I tend to agree. But this was a championship match, whereas the Nakamura uh, Mahal stuff was not. Um, So I kind of don't mind it being put in the main event slot here. But looking back, um, and, and Justin, you've sort of... Done a lot with the whole talking smack situation, and naturally we would have gotten that after this, but it has been canceled. Um, You know, decent SmackDown show last night, but after they did a lot of resets with the storylines, it would have been good to have a talking smack. Um, t- tell us sort of everything that you've broken down with the, the talking smack situation.
4: I thought last night, it's funny you say that, I thought last night would have been great for the Usos to really shine with their personality, having won the titles at SummerSlam, uh, getting a big win last night. You could have had Owens on last night, and he could have had Corbin on, you could have Shane on. Talking smack, so well done. But, uh, you know, Vince isn't a weekly presence at SmackDown anymore. Uh, the times he was there, you noticed too, they had different. Obviously, Brian was away on mater, uh, paternity leave, but uh, they had JBL in that spot. They had Shane McMahon mm-hmm. in that spot. He didn't think it fit the overall big picture. And he's probably right, Vince. It didn't fit the overall picture. Sure. But, it was just so entertaining and I liked how they said it's ratings or it's money. No, the guys are there. It takes nothing to produce very little to produce. I should say ratings. There are no ratings. It's the network. Mm -hmm. It's such a missed opportunity to get guys over. But, um, I think you saw in their opinion, at least a lot of guys kind of go into business for themselves, even though it ultimately was best for their product. I think it's a huge, a critical uh, mistake and one that they're going to, feel in, in 2017 because that was an organic way to get guys over in a manufacturing business.
2: Yep. And, and I believe Corbin and the Usos were two of the, the better ones in the talking smack. Yeah. Well, Miz setting. benefited and so
3: much. Miz. Mm-hmm. Like you pick one guy that really benefited the most and that's
4: definitely him. Miz, mm-hmm. um, Owens, yeah. The Usos. I agree with all those. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a It's a shame, oh, it's it's a shame just, because
3: yeah. – yeah, it's just a shame that you can't let these guys own their characters and let them, you know, bring their own spin on it. Because you can only go so far with the scripted promo um, and and what they have scripted for you. So it's it's just taking the organic part out of wrestling, which it, it so badly needs. And
4: that's the, that's the ing- that's the missing ingredient, right? And you can't force organic moments. But you're 100 mm-hmm. percent right. Like one of the problems with Kurt Angle, I feel like he's been over scripted. He's been like, we haven't seen, maybe we saw it in that Enzo and Cass segment on his first night back or the second night back, whatever it was on raw, the how you doing, but man, it's just so scripted. And I think we want to get to know the even when a uh, bliss won the women's title and she cried a little bit on talking smack mm-hmm. after the show. Well, it was meaningful. And like, we saw a real side of her. And then she went back to her character and turned it up, but yeah, it's such a missed opportunity.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. Sure.
2: Um, Quick injury update, uh, WWE provided an update on Big Cass's knee. Looks like it is an ACL injury with a possible meniscus tear as well. So I think the current timetable is around nine months or so. Is that right, Raj?
3: Yeah, that's what they're saying. Um, and, man, you talk about the worst time possible. Um, yep. You know, he's getting the the big push. he got the big win over the big show. Obviously, they had plans for him, you know, and yep. – uh, Gosh, you just hate to see – because it's it's one thing if it happens to an established star like a Triple H. When they come back, they get the gigantic pop and they're bigger than ever. Right. Uh, when it happens to someone that's just on the rise, it it's just really sucks. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yep. Even if they
4: embellished – a lot of times WWE will embellish the months out, so say it's seven instead of nine, and he comes back soon, that's still a long time, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's hard because cast was just starting to grow and um, – yeah, he has no legs behind his singles push yet, but we're starting to, uh, yeah, what, what inopportune timing. Yeah.
2: And if you, if you do the math, he's not going to be back in time before Mania. So it's going to pretty much, he has to be this whole reset button after they hit their reset button after WrestleMania next year. Maybe he can rekindle something or they can put them back together randomly, Enzo and Cass, because that might be what Cass needs to keep him back over if Enzo actually stays on the uh, – stays with the company until next year.
4: Because I thought the cast – funny you mentioned that too. I thought the Rumble was going to be his coming out party. It reminded me a lot of what they did with Reigns. Right. Um, yeah, that's true. That yeah. Kevin Nash and, and – Strowman. Strowman. Another guy, yeah. I always think of Diesel when he you know eliminated, what, six straight guys, seven straight – like that was right. his moment here are coming up. But, um, yeah, what a shame. What a shame.
0: yeah.
2: All righty, and the other big news from last night: Jones failed a drug test at UFC for uh, two fourteen, and has been stripped of the it was it light heavyweight title.
3: So Dana uh, White's saying he has not been stripped yet. So oh, teams, he originally said okay. that he was stripped, okay. but that's the way it's going to go. If you know, yeah, you, know, you would think so. With, and I think the B sample's already in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, any <laughs> Brock Lesnar must be pissed. Uh,
2: Vince McMahon just got all the leverage he needed.
3: Well, it's not like they can't have Brock fight someone else. Uh, well, sure, but
2: that was that was the money fight, though. That, that was, was the money fight.
3: That was the money fight. Man, John Jones, God, God.
2: How many chances is this guy going to get? How many how many failed tests is this at this point? Well, this is only technically only one. Oh well, okay. Well, he, he's just so many <laughs> different chances, so many different situations that he's fell short professionally or in fights or whatever, but to be one of the better fighters in the world um, and, and make all that money, have his name on the marquee is just a lot of chances to, to dwindle down the drain a little bit.
4: If I'm UFC, I go to, I, I change direction, right? Cause I don't know what the Lesnar, if, if they updated it because they already advertised over next year's SummerSlam. And I know Lesnar Jones is a dream match, but to me, that's a passing of the torch, right? Lesnar definitely loses that match. Uh, Jones would just be too, too quick, too difficult for him. I feel like that's a passing of the torch and you're going to make John Jones, you're going to try to at least make him your new Conor McGregor for the UFC. But now I'd go a different direction. I'd go to me, the money match, the, the big one left is Miocic and Brock. I'd put Brock in the main event of the heavyweight title match. I put. I mean, you can't put the title on him, but you give him the yeah. chance to I win. Would, I would make it Brock and Steffi <laughs> and have that be the big match. And maybe Brock can, I, I mean, Miocic's one of the greatest heavyweights in the world, but he can't draw the kind of attention that Brock can get. I think we forget that Brock's such a great talker just because he never speaks in WWE, but he's mm-hmm. gold on the mic for UFC. So I don't know if I'm UFC and I need a, I need a, I need a jolt because this Jones news is horrible. What happens to McGregor next Saturday? Who knows? I would want Lesnar in that main event picture for my, my heavyweight championship. I, I think, I think we buy that fight.
3: Oh, I, I, yeah, for sure. I think it'd be huge. Uh, I know it was, uh, MMA fans would be upset because Lesnar's technically has no wins. Uh, doesn't deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because it jumps the card just a little right, bit. Right. Because his fight over Mark Hunt was changed to a no contest. Um, but that is probably their best option. Um, I you think know, because they're good. going for the UFC heavyweight title. Because the light heavyweight, there's no other. Cormier doesn't have the same Zazz as John Jones. Um, and there's really no one else. that There's. UFC for as great a job as they did with McGregor and Rousey. They have no other stars right now that are, you know, they got GSP who's been there forever and Anderson Silva, but new stars that uh, would benefit from a fight like this. So, yeah, I agree. I think Miocic, um, it, it – uh, I, I feel bad for Brock in that fight, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, it doesn't,
4: you don't think it would end well if you're Brock, but um, yeah it's a big money fight. And it, it's, I think John Jones was the next face of that, uh, that, that company, because like you said, they had Rousey, they had McGregor, you need the next one. They don't have it right now.
3: Yeah, they don't. All right, Raj,
2: anything else before we take it home?
3: Uh, just really, uh, know, our condolences to Dana Brooke her, her boyfriend passed away on Monday night. Um, just shortly after speaking with her on the phone, uh, so, yeah, our, our condolences to Dana Brooke. I mean, that's just awful, awful news.
2: Yep, sad news there. Um, Justin, where can folks uh, find you on the Internet? Some of your work, obviously, Sports Illustrated. Um, and tell us some things you're working on.
4: It has not posted yet, I don't believe. I don't look at the clock now, but it's the Week in Wrestling today, and we've got interviews with uh, Jerry the King Lawler, who wrestles Cody Rhodes this Friday night for the ring of honor world title, as well as the Northeast wrestling world title that's in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. So the King talked about that. Uh, There's a few other interviews in there that I think are are noteworthy. I touched on Dolph Ziggler's comedy act from Friday night. Uh, It was midnight in New York. It was a fun scene. Drew Drew, Drew Galloway, Drew McIntyre's in this week's edition. Uh, I touch on the, the Daniel Bryan podcast with edgy Christian, as well as reasons why Cena was moved from SmackDown to raw and something that I'm looking forward to. And I think that, it's so much fun to hear their voices, right? Because it's just hard to consistently watch new Japan on Monday. We'll have a Q and a with, with G one climax winner nice. to the And he kind of goes out club. Yes. Yeah, so we're excited to run that on Monday and uh, next week we'll have another, another weekend. Every Wednesday we have the weekend wrestling on SI.com. I'm on Twitter at Justin Barrasso. And uh, that should post shortly today. But uh, so we're excited to. I, I think the King stuff's fun. He goes into Dusty, goes into Cody, and how he'll be winning his 169th world title wow. this Friday. Yeah,
3: it's a, it's, a, it's a great feature. Definitely check it out every Wednesday. I do. Uh, real quick, I I can't believe we forgot this. McGregor Mayweather. Your, your oh my goodness! Justin. Wow.
4: <laughs> I think that uh, it, it's going to have to go at least six seven rounds, right? Like they're two businessmen. They know what they're doing. I don't see any shot in the world how McGregor wins that fight. It's got to be Mayweather, but um, it's got to go six rounds, right?
3: Yeah, you you think Mayweather will purposely uh, not try to turn it on to to get the fight going a a little later into the rounds?
4: Mayweather dances, right? So, like, he's designed to go long bouts anyway, but, man, you watch these two, and you watch McGregor, and he looks good, and then you watch Mayweather, and (laughs) – Even if, if you don't like the weather, and I know a lot of people don't like him, he's arguably on the short list of the greatest ever. Yeah. Uh, man, I just don't know. It's such a spectacle. Also, Triple Mania on Saturday. So if you get tired of the fight, you can watch some uh, Mexican Lucha Libre. Right. There you
2: go. Right. But, uh, all right, so if they do this little code thing, right, where, hey, guys, let's, uh, let's phone it in for six, seven rounds, give them a couple little moments. What if McGregor goes off script a little bit and just lands a haymaker in the first round? Just,
3: well, just, like, just I, going, just going quick, out. Go I on. don't think I don't think they're planning any of this oh, out with each other or anything. Yeah. But I do think Mayweather. It's clear uh, he wants people, you know, in 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 their press conferences. All he has to say is, "You have no business being in the ring with me." Um, you know, I, I I'm fifty and zero, you're oh zero. But instead, he's going off about uh, you know how. He, ta- you know, McGregor tapped, which makes no, uh, which mm-hmm. doesn't figure into a boxing fight. So he knows what to say, like, and, and then saying he's had a bad training camp and all this stuff. So he's, he's saying stuff to get people believing that McGregor could win. Yeah. So on that end, he's, do- he's a smart business guy. Um, oh, absolutely. He's kind of, he, he's stupid too, in the sense that after these press conferences and the post interviews, he's like, oh, that was fun. You know, we had a good time. And instead of acting, you know, acting like he should be upset and heated. Um, but anyway, um, they know what they're doing, but it's a real fight. And um, I'm sure McGregor is going to be looking for that win. And if he wins, if he got, uh, you know, slipped on a banana peel and won, that would concert. be the biggest sports story uh, in our, you know, in recent memory. Yeah. And uh, the re- if they had a rematch after that, that would be Ooh. even twice as big. And uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, McGregor's next boxing fight. He, I think he'll be done with the UFC for sure forever because the money he would make with his next boxing fight uh, would eclipse anything he could do in the UFC. And he'd become an instant superstar. So uh, that's what think. they have to avoid. They have to evolve this, uh, evolve, avoid this evolving
4: into uh, Mickey Gall, CM Punk, because if it's that one sided, like obviously you lose interest in the next Punk fight. So you need McGregor to look decent because I think that Mayweather goes to 50-0. and That's a perfect number for him. He goes out as 50-0, and you'd think. And then the big thing is the next fight for McGregor. So that to me is, does McGregor look good enough for his next fight? Because that has to be the plan. Yeah. And do you think he'll fight in the UFC again? Depending on how this goes, if he looks halfway decent, no. And that's why, in my opinion, they were looking to go Jones-Lesnar, make Jones their next megastar. I think McGregor's done with the UFC, personally.
3: Yeah, that's
2: kind of how I feel, too. Very cool. Um, I'm sure we'll have a lot of news on WrestlingInc.com leading up to that fight this weekend. Um, But until next time, we'll be back on Monday with Matt Morgan, um, and we'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. For Justin Justin Barrasso, Raj Geary, I am Chris Calicut. Take care, everyone. Take care. Thank you, guys.